podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Basketball's coming to town, basketball's coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Scott's making a list. Grant's checking it twice. They're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain we're back at home baby we're back on the mics thank god (laughs) yeah thanks to everyone who braved through that uh i'm already i'm already burping (laughs) everyone who worked through that uh skype episode wasn't the best grant sounded depressed but did i i i was hung over to be honest so that probably had something to do with it well we got uh who was it, Rob, who tweeted Rob, in, and yeah. I got a couple messages. They're like, is Grant okay? I was like, really? yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, but we, we lived through the blizzard. Uh, a lot of the roads still aren't clear here in they Kansas City. T- I was literally is- going to text you that about how <laughs> the Missouri roads are still complete yeah, shit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on over here in Kansas City on the Missouri side. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, folks, I think we have a pretty good episode for you today, we're going to do a little beer talk, a little basketball talk, and a little bit of Bill speculation talk. Um, before we dive into it, though, you you guys, oh, oh man, I'm going to have to go a little rogue. I put the wrong read in here. Uh-oh. Uh, well, but it, it doesn't matter because we know what it is. It's my bookie. We've been talking to you guys about this almost all football season. <laughs> it is literally the only spot I would tell you guys to bet. Um, they have everything you want, and everyone knows football, NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, all of it is great to watch. But it's a little bit better when you have something riding on the game. If you're someone who likes to you know, play the roulette numbers, uh, bet a little, possibly win a lot, their parlays are what you need to be playing. You can parlay just about almost anything. You can be throwing a hundred bucks down on a couple games. All of a sudden, you're walking away with six hundred. It literally, it, it, it's the best spot to do it. They have great customer service. If you're not following them on Twitter at, at @betmybookie, you need to be. They've given away over ten thousand dollars in free play and straight cash, homie, to all their followers, and they respond to every single tweet, every single DM. It is great. If you use our code BOYS25, you're going to get a 50% deposit bonus to play and build that bankroll. You got to get in on it because I don't know how long they're going to keep this promo code because the boneheads are bankrupting my bookie. Get in there. Use it today. uh, Hit me up. Win some money. Uh, I think the over-under on beers that we're going to drink during this episode is two and a half. Uh, so I'm betting the over because we're back at Double Shift Brewing, which leads me to Beer of the Pod. Grant, what are we drinking? Just a Loon is the Beer of the Pod. It's a squash saison. Yeah, with chicory in there. With chicory. I couldn't quite see what that said. Chicory and and plus, what is that? I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it's a squash saison. It's, it's very, very so good. good. And we were just looking at what's on the docket for... Um, double shift coming up. Oh my god! And it sounds so good. They've got uh, what do they have? I, I can't turn a my boysenberry so. sour, which makes my mouth water right now. And then something they're calling the cabin creatures hot cocoa stout. Folks, I'm seeing it on their upcoming list. I I'm gonna be camped out here. I need both of those beers. The hot cocoa stout sounds so damn good. I'm excited for that. But hey, let's let's do it. Let's talk about hoops. It's what. It's at least something we can talk about that's not going to make, make us, us queasy <laughs> and uh, anxious and all that stuff. So the Cats are up to number 10 yeah. in the coaches poll, which is sweet. We've cracked the top 10. I think that's disrespect. 
it should be number one. We should be number one. I could not could not agree more. Um, <coughs> and let, let's just talk a little bit about uh, rankings because uh, not necessarily on K State Twitter or social media because there are better things, uh, not better things, uh, kind of more urgent things folks are talking about. But as much as we love seeing the cats in the top ten. Can we take a moment and realize that, especially of every single sport in the world, college basketball rankings in November <laughs> oh, truly are is the stupidest thing anyone in the world could get worked up over. Yeah, I mean, people are particularly people that are we, to let's the uh, east. We want to make right we want to make fun of the well, not well. About I mean, us. sorry, the west. <laughs> I'm an the idiot. East of Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> West of where we currently are. But let's just say like it is. KU fans are making absolute fools out of themselves on Twitter complaining because they're not number one. What a joke. I mean, it's it's November. Not to mention it's, I mean, who cares? It's At this point, it's completely arbitrary. But also, it's like, you know you're going to, they know they're going to wrap up a number one seed at the end of the year. Yeah, That's it, all that matters. In, who gives in college a shit? basketball, literally, the rankings don't correlate to anything. Like, college football. How about the new net rankings? Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the net rankings. Uh, shout out to Fan, who actually, he says that by, by the end of the year, the net rankings will have enough. To, he likes how they're compiled, so I'm going to trust him. Um, Fan's, so not, fan is smart. Fan is smart. And speaking of Fan, we got to give him a shout out. We he, will. Yeah, he put yeah. us in a, an absolute body bag. Um, everyone who listened to the last episode, we, we were kind of railing on uh, the development of big men, and we kind of poo-pooed the idea of DJ Johnson. Well, Fan broke down in advanced stats the jump DJ took basically every year of his career. He made a massive jump in between his sophomore and junior season and then junior to senior. Granted, he did take that redshirt year because of his injury during, in between those two years, but it debunked everything we said about Bill or about Bruce not ever developing a big man. Yeah. So he he, he be, put us back in our place. It could be possible that we had some negative, some internal negative spin and some negative bias because those seasons weren't very good. So maybe that's just how we remember it. But yeah, he definitely clowned us a little bit. Um, numbers don't lie. Yeah, numbers don't lie. And then uh, he also really brought to light. Um, I've been I've been super down on Mac uh, early this season. Uh, he's been playing much better than what I've given him credit for. I think the biggest key for Mac is to stay on the floor. We need him to be playing 25 minutes a game. But I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our guy, KSU fan. We need to get him on again for uh, putting us in our proper place when it comes to some of these stats. We really do need to get him on again. Did he do anything with Mac defensively? Stats-wise, I didn't get to see anything there. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, the only thing defensively on – well, I don't know. There's blocks, steals, and defensive rebounding on there. I don't know how much more you could uh, go after. Wouldn't, but like, I wouldn't hate seeing the numbers, fan. Tag yeah. us. Tag us yeah. and send us his uh, – <clears throat> Year-to-year numbers defensively. Yeah, l- let us know uh, what Mac's been doing defensively so far this year. But let's stop ba- jump back into basketball. We've kind of made fun of KU fans. We've given credit to fan for putting us in our spot. Um, ESPN matchup <laughs> predictor. I-, I looked this up, and I have no idea what goes into the matchup predictor, yeah. and I'm too cheap to buy a Ken Palm subscription, so I don't know what Ken Palm's saying. But he's saying that there is a 65.7% chance Marquette wins. We'll do like some mini keys of these in a prediction a little bit later, but uh, that seems a li- that seems wrong. It also seems very high. I mean, like yeah, maybe, wh- maybe like a coin flip, but 65%? What on earth goes into that? I mean, I, I have no idea. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I watched Marquette against KU, and they looked solid, but... I don't know if I would be giving them that much of an advantage against. Well, and then us. they That's turned around and lost to what I don't think is going to be a they got, great Louisville team. They lost to Louisville. They lost to Louisville. Okay, you said a win in your thing, but it looks like they oh, lost. Oh shit! No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm a, I'm wrong. They beat Louisville. <laughs> they lost to Indiana. They got, yeah, they lost to Indiana. They got shredded by Indiana. Can we, let's edit that out so people don't think I'm All dumber right, than I just, am. Let's just edit it out. <laughs> All right, we probably edited it out. They beat Louisville, but not by a lot, and I don't think that's a good. Louisville team, and then, like you said, they lost to Indiana, and yeah, Big Ten team, but I don't think Indiana's supposed to be a world beater this year. Yeah, Maybe I'm up, wrong. They gave up 96 points to Indiana. Um, Big Ten, I I don't hold Big Ten in that high in reg- of regard this year. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not 
it's it's puzzling. Sixty five point seven percent chance. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, this one hundred percent will be one of, if not the toughest, non con games we have this year. Absolutely. And, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just drinking the Bruce Kool Aid, but I'm sixty five percent seems a little high. Um, Marquette does. I mean, they're they're a scoring team. They they have three dudes averaging double digits scoring every single week. Marcus Howard, who I believe is a transfer from Nebraska, is leading them with 19.8 uh, per game. They're they're also shooting 43.2 percent from the field and 36.5 from three. Um, no, they're not the Golden State Warriors, but when you see those numbers compared to some of the some of the games we have, you could see where we could get into trouble playing them if our defense took a night off. Absolutely, and luckily I don't see that happening defensively because typically that's the one thing that we can rely on. But I was looking through them as individuals statistically. They do have several guys that are in the 40% range shooting threes, but we don't tend to give – guys a lot of open threes the, we, the one thing I worry about is we are so aggressive yeah with our defense that you know sometimes we're going to collapse and give up that open corner three we saw we've seen it happen this year and we've seen some teams throw in some pretty crazy three-point shots um so that is a, I am a little bit nervous about that look I'm nervous um but it's I don't know I I just feel like this year I guess, hell, we could just kind of transition to what we want to see from this game. But, I, I mean, I'd like it to be treated as a business trip, obviously. I'd like to see us win. Yeah, we, we had we the ha- vacation down to the Virgin Islands already. Vacation is over. It's, We're back on business. You're, you're, you're in Milwaukee on business. We've had an abysmal road road record under Bruce Weber. I know this is not a road game technically, but it no, is. No, it is. is this it? is where Marquette plays is their home where? games. Okay, so I thought this was a neutral site this no, whole time. No, they. Okay, no, so Marquette we're going on played, the road. Yeah. So that's Marquette is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For all of the, you who don't know, I knew that, but I, for some reason I thought they played at their own arena. No, they they, they play. They share it with the Bucks. They don't play on campus. All right, so it will be a very pro Marquette crowd. I do know a lot of cats going up there. If I wasn't going to be in Osborne, Kansas. I was going to be up in uh, Milwaukee as well. Um, so th- there might be some cat, probably not enough to make a difference. But I wanted to go just to see the new arena. I am a little sad about that. But, I mean, it, it is going to be a road game. Uh, we've had our struggles on the road. Um, but I'll be interested to see how we handle this first, in, this first road environment of the year. Um, I think it will be different. Last year we kind of turned the road thing around a little bit. Uh, we did finish 10-8 and eight in the conference, which is – barely above average but you know this year we have not only do we have a talented core but we have a senior core which should hopefully carry us to those road victories or it should be at least good for a couple extra road victories and And it's not like it's not like Marquette's going to be like a extremely tough environment no I I was just about to say you know this it might be a little bit more hostile than a road game in Texas on a Tuesday but this isn't Allen Fieldhouse that you're walking into it's not even the Sprint Center versus KU that you're walking into. Hell, it's not even the library that is Hilton that you're walking into. Moldy yeah, Hilton. Yeah, it's it's not it's not going to be anything <laughs> that these guys haven't seen before. You know, some of the new guys, you know, Sean Neal Williams, Austin Trice, those two guys, they haven't played in anything that you would even call a uh, not even hostile, but like just a crowd that uh, is against you because I mean there's no one in the Virgin Islands. No. Uh, so so for those two guys they haven't played anything like this, but every single guy to a T has played at least seven games in a more hostile crowd. So I'm not worried about that. But something I do want to see is a quick start. This is something that we've had maybe once all season a like super quick start in the in the regular games. You know we boat race pit by the first media timeout but that doesn't count so I want to see us get to a quick start and not do this thing where we kind of you know piss around for the first (laughs) you know 12 minutes and then end the half on a 16-0 run to be up by eight at halftime so that's the first thing I really want to see that's not necessarily a key to be but that's something I'm going to be looking for is a real quick start yeah gosh something I'm going to be looking for I'm kind of coming up with this on the fly because I don't want I had a key to V, but it's really <laughs> – we'll get to that. I'd like to keep – I'd like us to keep up that defensive intensity because when we do that, 
that is our that is our most valuable tool for this basketball team, and it will give us the greatest chance to win. We're not a great shooting team. At least we're not a consistently great shooting team. We are an okay shooting team. I think that's fair to say. But we kind of lacked that intensity against Penn, and it became a game that was kind of scary. I mean, yeah, and, it looked and like games, the team needed a five-hour energy it, shot before it the did. game. I think that they spent a little too much time in the sun on the beach taking very good portrait photos, but that's, you know, you got to do that when you're in the Virgin Islands, so I don't hold any of that against them. But we need to play with defensive intensity every night, regardless of who we're playing, regardless of where we're playing, because that is the staple of this team. We want to make it hard as hell for teams to score against us, and if we do that, then we'll give ourselves the best chance of winning, even if we're not shooting well. We'll be holding teams to 65 points, and that will give us the best chance of winning. So, Yeah, I don't think that there is a – if you're going to give me 70 points right now in every single game this season, I'm taking it. The This, oh, is, yeah. this Bruce Weber team, I think, has the ability to be the top defensive team in the country. I think I you know, heard someone smarter than me talk about where our Ken Palm rating for defense is, and it's at number five. That is elite-level defense. If you can replicate that game in, game out, Teams are going to have to hold you to under 60 to win a game. So yeah. I, I I agree with you there. Another thing I'm going to be looking for, not quite a key to V, but every single guy in the starting lineup, you know, Cam, Barry, X, Mac, Dean, all five of them can have double-digit scoring nights. You don't need a single one of them to go off for 20. But if you can, if you can get all five of those guys – flirting with double digits that's gonna be something i'm looking for because as you guys heard on the last episode i am super down on our bench so hey perfect segue into one more thing that i'd like to see and it's not a key to v but we'll i'll transition into that right after this is i want to see cardi get into double digits whether that's 10 points or higher he needs it for his confidence and you know when cardi's scoring in double digits that makes our team offensively far more potent because he is a hell of a weapon he's a very versatile athlete he needs it he really really needs it and i don't know i think if he just gets he just needs to string a couple games together i don't know what it is it seems almost like a confidence thing he's looking passive tentative i don't know why but and it's early but I'd like to see Cardi get into double digits, but I'm going to transition right into keys to V, and I only have one, and it's <laughs> kind of stupid, but my first key to V is to remain calm when we get punched in the mouth because we have the talent and we have the senior core this year to absorb difficult runs in games that we're, we're going to get punched, and you know we're absolutely going to get punched by this team. <clears throat> we did it against Missouri when they, when they tied it up at 27-all, and then we ended the half with a 13-0 run. Um, there's going to be times like that in this game. Um, we need to remain calm, believe in the pieces that we have. You know, I'm just excited to watch it because first road game, we're going to learn a lot about this team. No, I, I agree with you. My, I got two keys to V that I'm I, – I think that if we hit both of these, this could go for the entire season, but definitely for this game. The number one key to V is play within your means. We have, we have some guys who can go off. But we have seen that when this team starts trying to force stuff, yeah. it, 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 it isn't pretty. You know, you have guys who can run. You have guys who can shoot. You, guys, you have guys who can do everything. But the second we start forcing stuff, it just looks ugly. Uh, so, the fir- so that's my first one. The second one is Dean needs to remember he's the best player on the court. There isn't going to be a single game – this year where Dean shouldn't be thinking I'm the best guy on the floor. There isn't a single team in America that has the perfect matchup for Dean Wade. The guy has so much skill, but he doesn't have the confidence. If he had Barry Brown's confidence, that guy could be a lottery pick. Yeah, for real. So (laughs) as long as we play within our means and Dean remembers he's the best player on the floor, I don't see any way where we lose this game. I think that's completely fair to say, and I don't think it's outlandish for you to say that every single game that he plays this year, he should be believing that I'm the best player on the court because he's the Big 12 preseason player of the year for a reason. The dude is an absolute stud. I mean, he can be unguardable if he wants to be. He's got the range. He can go inside. 
He can run the floor if he wants to. I mean, he's he's a baller, and he can rebound, man. He's he's a complete package. He needs to he needs to become the Dean Wolf. He needs to be the Wolf again. I don't know what happened if he's we're not playing on any full moons yet. I just I don't know, but I believe in Dean. I think he's the absolute man, and I'm really excited to watch this game because um, it's it's gonna be. I I kind of feel like I don't know if you listened to the last coffee with Chris. I did. I, uh, I don't miss it. Um, he was talking about how we really needed to get the hell out of Manhattan because we were, our confidence was shook, and we were getting a little cooped up down there and getting out of the Virgin Islands we can just go play ball. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like playing on the road is going to be, well, I guess it is the road. I don't need to do air quotes. It's going to, I think it might play to our advantage. And it's, I, going to Marquette is not going to be like, a crazy tough environment. We've said it again. It's not going to be that hard. So it's going to be good experience for us. I hope that we can come out with a win and we can just keep climbing in those completely useless and arbitrary rankings. I I think it is it's just too bad that everything is going on with K-State football right now. Uh, because this game should be something that K-State fans are hyping up. This should be a game that, you know, yeah. especially because you have a full week building up to it. After, you know, like, starting on Monday, K-State fans should have been all in talking about this game, breaking it down, getting excited for this buildup because Marquette's a borderline top 25 team. We are a top 10 team. This is one of those matchups that should be getting – so much more hype and this actually it's not on the script but this is something that I've thought for a very long time uh, college basketball does not have a platform at all really until I would argue February this is a game that will get no national play it's on FS1 on a Saturday but no one's gonna know what's going on because it's college football championship weekend the college football playoff and bowl games are going to be announced the next day what are your thoughts about college basketball scheduling? And do you agree with me that basketball should be starting in December and move everything back two full months? I kind of do agree. I mean, what would that hurt, honestly? The, the only thing that, that that hurts is CBS because they love to pimp out the Masters during the NCAA True. tournament. But there is no reason why this shouldn't start, hell, even in January when everything's – everything. this is what should happen. You should start your season with a Christmas tournament. All the tournaments happen over Thanksgiving break. It should be over Christmas break. Everyone starts the preseason NIT, Maui, Diamond Head, you know, the, the biggest gem of them all, the Virgin Island Paradise Jam. That all should be happening <laughs> not over, over Thanksgiving but over Christmas, kicking off seasons, and then folks should be coming back in the new year, kicking off their home non-conference schedule instead of playing conference games right in the midst of bowl season. And let alone having some of these high-profile matchups when literally nobody cares. Yeah, honestly. They've um, turned basketball into a regional sport up until January. And, and that literally kind of just this past week, um, our our neighbor rivals were in a top-five battle, and no one gave a shit. I, I, did, I would not have even known the game was happening except for I follow. If for, like, two people weren't yeah, tweeting about and it. I, and I, lo- I love college basketball. I do, too. I, it's legitimately my second favorite sport. But it, it isn't on anybody's radar until January. And I mean, hell, I, I'm watching the Cats. But yeah, I, I was, I've, I've caught, like, maybe, maybe 40 minutes of other college basketball games rest this entire season. Yeah. I mean, I legitimately did not know that game was on. Granted, I was I was glued to the Oklahoma-West Virginia game, which is big for our conference, but it has nothing to do with me. I mean, I, I, literally, I literally did not know KU was playing Tennessee. I didn't know Tennessee was number well, five. Here's the other thing. Florida State and some other team that I don't even remember were playing a top 20 match. Yeah. And, and nobody knows. All I just remember is saying, oh, Florida State's top 20. Wait, they're playing another top 20 team? Can't even remember who they're playing because nobody can. We are massive sports fans. We like college basketball, and we can't even – and we don't even know about top 20 matchups, <laughs> let alone top five matchups. College basketball needs to move. They need to kick off the season over Christmas break and then come back and start the actual non-conference schedule in January. Um, that's where I stand. Let's let's end I, this basketball talk. Unless you, I, no, I'd be fine else. with that. It'd be good yeah. for basketball. It'd it, be good it for be, it would people's be. brands. Also, for 
for like the NCAA that claims they care about the student athletes, then you're putting them in to a single semester sport. That way they're not playing during finals week. Yeah. That way that you know but but that's a sham. I I stand up for the NCAA quite a bit, but that they uh, they don't care about academics at all. I'm going to move past that. No, they Let, don't. Let's just put it out there. We're not just going to pick the winner. Let's put a score on the game. K-State at Marquette. It's on Fox Sports 1 at 1.30. So, everyone, you know, put your DVRs. Sucks. Set I'm probably, probably going to be working, Oh, which is sucky. But that's okay. We're going to have to DVR it. It's all right. We should probably could, talk about it on Sunday. Weekends are slow. I could probably watch it on the computer. But, we'll hey. We'll figure it out. We'll uh, both throw out a prediction and a score prediction and a winner prediction, then we'll take a quick break, get some more beers, and we'll be right back. Yeah, I want another beer. This is this is one I, of my favorite beers. I drank done. that beer in like four minutes. Like, not good. I'm gonna throw it out there. I'll go first. I think this is gonna be a scary game, but I think we edge Marquette by very little. I got cats seventy-two to seventy. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's gonna be uh, nip and tuck, but I don't think we're giving up seventy. So I'm gonna say. K-State, 69, super nice, and Marquette, 61. All right. You heard it here first, folks. I am actually on record as being a slightly better predictor than Scott, but we can get into that stuff later. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. All right, we're back, and it's time to talk about what I've been nervous to talk about, fearing talking about, um, reluctant to talk about. It's it's the Bill, Bill Snyder speculation, the transition speculation. There's a lot to talk about, but there's really, is there a lot to talk about? We don't know. Yeah, so we're going to kind of break things down at first, uh, things that we know, things that we're going to speculate on. Then we're going to talk about two really fun things that have happened over the last couple days um Hmm. and we'll we'll talk about it when it when when the time comes but interesting choice of words fun okay well well people will see what i'm talking well no we'll we'll tease it so we'll touch on a really great interview that john kurtz had with gene taylor and then also dive into some data a little bit of stats class with matt hall from some really good uh, you know what i would call straw i thought you were referring something else those are kind of fun Oh, I didn't mean to shit on you. Oh yeah, well no, that's fine because the rest of it's not fun. Um, cause <laughs> we don't know what's going on. Um, here, here's here's what we know: a team meeting occurred on Monday, uh, but no announcement was made. Um, all reports coming out of that meeting basically says Bill didn't announce he was going to retire, and he didn't announce he was coming back. So it was just like a business as usual yeah, business probably as usual, end of ma- season mapping meeting. out off season stuff like that end of season stuff didn't gain anything from that no, no, another um, piece of information that's worth talking about is coaches are on the road recruiting they've been in, they've been offering future prospects personally that doesn't uh, that's not really any red flags for me it doesn't s- sound any alarm bells i think that that's normal um, you know i think I, it, to me, it just doesn't really mean anything in regards to the whatever is going to happen with Bill. Um, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When news Sunday night came out that uh, coaches were going to be out recruiting after the game, I did freak out because I did li- too slightly. And then I started to think about it, and it's like they're still they still have a job to do the assistant coaches because they are still on staff and we still have eight commits right now so it's very important for them to continue what they're doing well, talk what, to these kids what's interesting is they offered the Roberts brothers which they're, they're not 2019 class so they're even offering future classes which is crazy yeah. um but <laughs> I, I, like I did freak out because at least in my head what I mean, we, we've said on the show, we want Bill to retire. So when I heard that coaches were going to be out recruiting, I I freaked out. I was like, all right, he's coming back. <laughs> um, but, but granted, all this stuff has probably been scheduled for the longest time. Taylor Bratt, fr- you know, I don't know if we can call him friend of the show because we haven't got him on yet. But we, we're big. We could call him best friend of the show. Yeah, we're massive Taylor Bratt fans. I'm sure. Look, he man, ha- 
I haven't got him on Snapchat, so we're f- he's a friend <laughs> of the show. Uh, I'm sure that this has been scheduled and planned for a while. Um, so I, I kind of came off that ledge a little bit. Um, but still, the, the true stuff that we truly know, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's scary because we're still in the dark. We're sitting here on a Tuesday evening. Um, the season's over. We've seen other schools make hires. Um, it, it's kind of scary times. Let's get on to some speculation. Everything we're about to say, um, there's some sources. There are some folks who, you know, secondhand sources um, that are saying this type of stuff. We feel confident, or at least I feel confident, that's of everything that is in this segment or this part, whatever you want to call it. Um, but this isn't anything that is pure fact. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you don't agree with this. I'm speculating, but I still believe and I'm still confident that Bill is retiring. I also agree. I don't see a scenario, honestly, at this point where Bill returns. That might be a little extreme to some people, but... Um, something that we're going to obviously touch on later is Gene's interview on K-Man. You know, I think, I personally think that you can draw some conclusions from what he said that would leave you, lead you to believe that, <laughs> that uh, he's not coming back. Um, but, of course, we don't know that officially yet. We're not saying that we do know it officially. It's just that it's, I don't think he's going to be back. I agree. Um. Which is good. That's the good part of the That's speculation. That's the positive. Here's two two things. We're gonna we're gonna say both things that we're speculating, and then we will come back and address them. Previously, we we were very confident as a podcast and very happy as a podcast to say that we did not believe Jim Lovett was going to be a realistic candidate for the head coaching, the assumed head coaching vacancy at K State. Um, we are no longer confident. We probably, as a podcast, believe that it is now a very realistic um, chance. He's a very realistic candidate. We think that his name is 100% in play. While not 100% correlated, I think probably at least 75% correlated to that statement is the news that it sounds like University President General Richard Myers is now a little bit more involved um, in the decision-making process. Um, we start first started getting uh, hinted to that uh, possibility when Bill made the statement of it's up to the university president, the fans, and Which, the players. Why? No, I agree with you. We'll, we'll touch on that. So we first were hinted at that quote where he mentioned the president but not the AD. And then Gene Taylor himself mentioned in that interview with John Kurtz, uh, President Richard Myers, President General Richard Myers, a couple times. Um, so let's let's attack both of these. You you tell me which one you want to talk about first. Do you want to talk about Richard Myers' assumed, presumed, speculated role in this uh, this decision making process, or do you want to talk about Jim Lovett first? Well. Let's actually break chronological order and let's talk about General Myers' involvement, possible alleged, alleged involvement, speculated. So I don't want to harp. We I don't want to harp on it too much because you know we don't know anything for sure. But it's not hard to paint a scenario where this is more than just spec. Where you know, it's not hard to paint this as a real scenario. Yeah, we're, we're not like this is not something that you that if you like went around and told uh. folks that. Uh, know about K-State, but they're not plugged into message boards, talk radio, podcasts. If they know General Myers' history with K-State and his history with Bill Snyder, this right. it's not a hard I mean, picture to paint. Reasons that it could be very possible. Bill has wanted more than anything. I think it's also worth saying, I know I, know I broke order, but tied to the Levitt rumor is that Sean Snyder would remain on yes. staff, which yes. is a very important Massive, massive. And I think, okay, so on one hand, why this could be possible is, you know, obviously Bill has wanted more than anything to appoint Sean as head coach for almost, it seems like as long as I can freaking remember. That's his his major narrative when he talks about transition. President Myers and Bill are very close to one another. Scary. Um, Not that it was President Myers in the past, but K-State has a, a history of the president interfering with A.D., hires and 
coaching transitions. Um, Gene was allegedly in Oregon the past couple of weeks. It's just... Also, allegedly in South Carolina as well. True, true. We're just throwing all this out there. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility. And the fact that it just came up, the fact that people are talking about it, I mean, where some oftentimes when there's smoke, there's fire. So it's not crazy for us to be talking about it. Now, the Jim Levitt, Jim Levitt being, being a candidate at this point with – if it's true that Jim Levitt is a candidate and it and that it is something that Bill was pushing for, keeping Sean on staff, it's completely insane. It's completely inexcusable. Um, and we can get into why we can get into why Jim Levitt's not a good candidate, but I think we should talk about why it would be ridiculous to keep Sean Snyder on staff with any new coach. I mean, at this. <sighs> I can just name five things off the top of my head why that would be why that would create a toxic environment. Yeah, and and we won't go into some of those reasons because some of those some of that is privileged information. Some of that is uh, meant to protect you know uh, folks' uh, personal lives. Oh, um, I'm not even yeah, talking no, about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, but you know if all the rumors are true about a how much Sean is involved not only in game planning but you know. Uh, all the, you know, stuff that goes into the program that's outside of the actual game of football. You can talk about the bowl rings. You can talk about these scholarship checks. You can talk about the disciplinary issues. Uh, you can talk about the rumored uh, defections from the football team. If Sean Snyder is staying on, it's almost like you're not really even getting rid of the bill issue because Jim Levitt is – he is – not obsessed he idolizes bill snyder so he's not going to cast away bill snyder he's going to do almost whatever bill tells him to because he will owe that job to bill snyder so in my opinion if jim lovett with associate head coach special teams coordinator sean snyder if that's your combo you might as well not even get rid of bill exactly that is first and foremost that's the worst part about keeping sean snyder it's that he's bill snyder's son and at one point, Sean Snyder might have been a real candidate for the job. That is a major, major problem. I mean, uh, it's going to create so many problems if this is something that actually goes through. Keeping, I'm, I'm all no, honestly more, and I look, I value Sean Snyder. I think he's been a, done a lot of great for this university, but I think I am even more um, upset about the prospect of keeping Sean Snyder on staff than I would be. Jim Levitt being head coach. I think, and either one is not great, but we need – why are people so – actually, I won't even say that because I don't think people are afraid to, to break away from the Snyder tree. I think it's something that desperately needs to happen, but that's just a major conflict of interest. I, I, don't, I don't understand how people would not – or how, how someone so high up, the university president, would feel comfortable doing that. No, it, it's disgusting, and it co- kind of comes back to... What's the point of having an athletic director? No, and, and, and that's the thing. I, I, I'm very... I, I, I'm biased. I have defended Gene Taylor um, on Twitter, on message boards, uh, on this podcast, and I will continue to do it. I think far too highly of Gene Taylor than uh, to, to accept that he would choose to hire... Jim Levitt, if he wasn't basically being told by his boss, hey, it's this way or the highway. Hey, I mean, look, man, the best way to put it is that every in the know that we have ever talked to has been extremely confident in Gene Taylor. And they know only, the things that he's doing behind the scenes. And not only of that, but also that Jim Levitt would not be considered, which the fact that we have – Almost ever since we started this, every single person we've talked to who has who is on the inside has been a massive fan of Gene Taylor and said Jim Levitt is not an option. The only reason why now it is is because his boss is now forcing that upon him. So it's it, completely inappropriate for President Myers to do that. I mean, 
it just makes zero sense. Yeah, and you're not going to hire someone to paint your house, and then you're going to take the paintbrush and say, that actually, it should go like this. I mean, what the hell is the point no, it, of having an athletic director? Yeah, it, Let it, them do their job. It's disgusting. It, it, it could... I mean, he could possibly completely negate all of the work that Gene has been doing for the past several months, maybe, laying groundwork for a smooth transition, getting the best possible candidate. I mean, let's be honest. Jim Levitt, Jim Levitt is not the best possible candidate, and I think we should at least briefly touch on why. Well, yeah, and I, I know we, we both are there. <sighs> My first – one of the first and biggest things about it for me is – he is 61 years old. I'm not I, – I, I'm sorry. I, I know some folks are going to be like, oh, that's ageist, all that type of stuff. The thing that is plaguing this program more than almost anything is the fact that Bill Snyder doesn't have the energy. He doesn't have this grand vision. He's not sexy. He's not someone folks get excited over. Jim Levitt at 61, you know who he is. You know – what he br- well in hell is it 61 he might be older He's 61 than, that's uh, right but it, you know what he is he, you know the ceiling it's and it's not conference title worthy it's uh. let's just break it down here so yes <coughs> excuse me <coughs> he built a program from scratch we are all very well versed on that and what he did there was impressive but he never, ever, ever took that program to the level of challenging for anything relevant. He didn't even challenge for a conference title. In fact, he never even finished top 25 one time, and that was in the season that that's, – that's including a season where they made it to as high as number two in the AP poll. And didn't he, they, uh, they made and it they, to number two number during two, week eight. During week eight. And they dropped out of the top 25, finished 9-4. and four. That's the highest, that's the best record that he's ever, ever had. And a poor conference, a very weak Big East at the time, surrounded by Florida talent. And he, and it's not like he even had elite. The, he aver, his average recruiting class was in the 40s, sitting in, in Florida. South Florida. He's 61 years old. He hasn't coached in a decade as the head guy. He hasn't coached at K-State in 23 years. I mean... Is it even relevant that he knows Manhattan anymore? I mean, no. He and also, and he why is that so important? No, it's it, it shouldn't be. He hasn't been a head coach in over ten years. He's only, and even since coming back to college football, he's had one good defense at Colorado, and then a bunch of mediocre defenses. His defense currently at Oregon is worse than ours in almost every statistical category. That's not good. It's not not good. That was a double negative, and I actually dentally just said that it was good, but it's not good. Yep, I'm not happy about it. It's it's just it's it would be a very small time move, and it would be us absolutely shooting ourselves in the foot when when I know I know damn well that Gene Taylor has laid tons of groundwork and has better candidates lined up so it would and look this is all speculation we don't know anything but that's what people are talking about right now so we have to talk about it we should transition to gene taylor himself and the interview that he had on k-man with john kurtz first of all shout out to john kurtz for his outstanding interview with gene taylor he did a great job he asked really important questions that were a lot of weight we're going to link to that in the podcast description um, so I'm going to put a link to this pod, to the interview, uh, and I'm going to put the Apple iTunes link to it since most of our uh, that that that's where most of it comes to. If you're not an iTunes user, get at me on Twitter, um, and I will find you a link because it was people tried to like I saw some folks trying to say John gave him a bunch of softballs. That couldn't be anything from the truth. This was no. a an elite interview, but get back into it. No, Sorry. he did a great job. I mean, he asked very important questions that bared a lot of weight. He just did it very respectively, and he did it in a very smart way. And Gene came out of it looking like a, a goddamn guru. Yeah, I mean, he was he, – he, he looked like a crusader for the cats. I mean, he sounded like he had done this interview a million times. He, knew, he knows what he's doing. So there's a couple things, a couple quotes that did stand out to me. Um, 
first one was being it's not quoted here, but he did say I guess it is. You have it here, but it's he I mean, one thing he did say that is that we will have this settled by the end of the week. So he did give us a timeline, a loose timeline, but I do expect things to probably be I do expect to hear something by probably at the latest Friday, I would a think. Lot, a lot of folks are saying Thursday for what it's worth. Okay. So in between Wednesday and Friday, we could be hearing some major news. Um, but the first quote that stood out to me the most – actually, yeah, I'm going to read these out of order because the one that stood out to me the most was coach gets a lot of latitude. I think that people have a tendency to lose sight of that pretty quickly. But at the end of the day, however, it's my job to figure out how to make the program better. That second half of that quote – tells you all you need to know yeah i, I don't see if you're how, worried about bill coming back yeah that i don't tells see you how anyone could have heard that quote in the tone he said it and think that bill snyder's coming back right and then the other one was if there's a change i have confidence in our program and our institution to attract a good candidate i want see i just have i have well i don't i i 100 believe him but it's I the fact too. of the matter of is his boss, Richard Myers, going to let him do it? Right. Guys, we've been saying it all year. Trust Gene. Trust Gene. Believe in Gene is I believe what in, we've been saying. I believe in Gene. I trust Gene. I've been, hell, I've been, I even called him Gene Wolf the other day. <laughs> but there is a real concern that he may be slightly handcuffed. And we don't know that for sure. But that's what smart people are saying. And... It's frightening. It's definitely a thing that's scary, um, but I, I don't know. Sadly, everyone in this world has a boss. Um, Gene Taylor, sadly, has to report to a man who has a very long relationship with the outgoing, presumed outgoing head coach. Um, I I just desperately want Gene to be able to do his job. Um I, I, I listened to that interview a handful of times, and every time I listen to it, I start feeling a little bit better. Um, but in, until everything is ticked and tied, I'm going to be nervous. Yeah, man, it's not I, Gene I'm worried about. It, I, it's I have not. I, utmost faith in Gene. I would, I'm worried I would about. trust Gene with my life. <laughs> um, but sadly, because of everything we've said about Bill Snyder, if we were to trust General Myers with my life, I'm sure I would get droned. In a millisecond. <laughs> That's pretty much all we have to say. Um, but again, shout out to John Kurtz and Gene Taylor. Both of them took that interview perfectly. Gene Taylor goes on uh, Wildcat Insider with John Kurtz every other week. He very easily could have come up with a reason not to go on because of everything that's going on. And John very easily could have mailed that in and just gone with the generic questions and yeah. even punted on it talking about basketball. Both of those guys handled it like absolute it's pros. absolutely not Gene, I tell you what. I mean, I don't know how you could listen to that interview and not take away that Gene is elite. I mean, he was – or, like, if you had a fear that, oh, my gosh, Bill's coming back after that, like, I don't know what you were listening to. The man was openly entertaining the idea of talking to open other candidates. He was laying out his plan, what he was doing. He was openly talking about it. I just don't I just don't get what people are listening to. No, I, I don't either. Um, we are going to move on from it. Um, like I said, I'm going to link to that interview into this uh into this episode so go to the description and you should see a link to gene taylor and john kurtz um the next thing i want to talk about and this is more fun um matt hall over at kso he did a great job doing a series of polls uh to and i called it kind of like the straw poll of kso k-state fans we're going to run through the results and we're going to talk through it before we do i do want to give a shout out to matt hall Derek young natalie hall grant flanders chris nelson over at kso this isn't an ad they don't pay us this is us just talking about these are great humans and a great website they're running an amazing offer right now if you go over to their website and sign up for an annual membership for 99 bucks you're going to get a 99 dollar gift card to the rivals fan shop which is chop full of k-state nike gear um so it's a no-brainer if you guys aren't over there now is the time so um before do you have anything yeah, to no, say about KSO you should, before we you get into You should absolutely the do that. Shout out to Matt and Derek. They've just been busting their ass so hard in the last like 
48 hours, I'm sure it's extremely stressful for them. Um, it's very stressful for us, too. So I can't imagine how those are the guys that are that are muling our information. So it's got to be really tough for them. So, Yep, so we'll, we'll go through all these. This all have to do with the uh, potential opening at uh, football. Uh, every single one of these polls got just – south of a thousand votes except for the first one we're going to talk about do you want bill snyder to coach at k-state next season i think this ended up getting close to 1300 votes and this was surprising 92.2 percent said no you only had 7.8 percent of folks say they wanted bill to return i feel like we kind of live in a bubble a social media bubble that echo chambers our opinions KSO has an amazing cross-reference of fans. They have olds. They have youngs. They have poors and riches, all of them. Great cross-reference. And you get that big. Uh, that, that's, a mass, that's a massive number. Uh, what, like, what did you take Aside away when from you saw that, that? Even added to that, there's a Twitter poll by uh, TXKSU, who is a very well-connected um, individual. And it was, should Bill Snyder be the – be at Kansas State or be Kansas State football coach next year, and it was eighty-three to seventeen in favor of no. And that's not so. And that's not behind a paywall. No, that's. I mean, folks, yeah, KU fans have gotten hold of that. So, I, I, I think, I think uh, it's sad that it's come to this, but Bill, the, the, the consensus is in Bill Snyder does not have the support of the fans any longer. No, I mean, and of course, you know, Twitter and KSO are not good representative, like great representatives of the entirety of the k-state fan base but it, it does show the most passionate parts of the fan base i believe if you are brave enough to dive into the plethora of the facebook k-state facebook groups even then people have been talking there's there's all sorts of people in there that are that are defending bill and losing their minds but the majority of the people that have been talking all season is God, we have got to move on from Bill Snyder. Even on the Facebook groups, I still think it's going to be 65-35 Sure, out. I mean, it's going to be majority out. And we both think that it is going to be out, so I'm not really that concerned about that anymore. Yep. The next set of polls were a lot of fun for me because I, I love numbers. I love statistics. The first one that was posted were pick your four favorite candidates for who's the next co coach at K-State if – all names are deemed reasonable. All the big names were on there. All the mid-major coaches, all the coordinators that you would think, and even Mike Leach, who honestly I don't I don't see that being a realistic option. But we're not no, going to dive no too deep on it. But the three biggest vote getters were Brent Venables at ninety five point four percent. Makes sense. Native son, elite recruiter. Uh, I, I it's the it's the obvious choice. Then there's my guy. Seth Luttrell, 87.4%. Um, I mean, he, I, I don't think you have to say much more about him. You know, what he's done at North Texas, the recruiting ties, he looks like Eric Taylor. Um, it's amazing. And then 73.4%, Mike Leach. I think he just put that on there to appease folks who got infatuated with the idea of getting Mike Leach. I don't think that's a realistic option. No other choice got more than 22.5% of the vote. So that's where the quote-unquote tier one got cut off on. Um, were you surprised by the polls? Not um, at all. I mean, every <laughs> most people have been dreaming about Brent Venables for the last five or six years. Um, so that doesn't surprise me that he was by far and away the number one candidate. And it doesn't surprise me that Seth Luttrell is the number two candidate by not far behind because, in my opinion, he's the best candidate that we should go after. And I think he even – I mean, I would prefer him over Brent Venables. I know Brent Venables – Don't tell Cole that. I know Brent Venables is the story. I know that – I mean, I would be over the moon with both of them. But when you look at what Seth has done, he's in his 40s. The man has will have great a pipeline to Texas recruits. He's got he knows the Big Twelve. He turned a North Texas team from one and eleven to five and eight to nine and five, and now they're nine and three. And I guarantee they're going to win another game, so that'll probably be a ten win season for them. I mean, something that Jim it, Levitt's never had. Jim Levitt has never won ten games. It's just, oh, uh, that's what is also so frustrating is that I do think that. Both of you and I, both you and I know that 
Seth Luttrell is in reach. It is a possibility, and it is a real possibility. And that's why it's so sad that uh, hearing the rumors of that things might be going backwards when we have a chance to hire probably the hottest the hottest coaching name in college football right now. And the hottest coach. And he's absolute. He's a dime. The man is a – oh, my God. What's the next tier? The next tier. So th- those three names were taken out of the list. Some more names were added. And the, the question was, what are your next three favorite candidates? So this ended up being your tier two. 51.1% of folks voted for Mike Norvell of Memphis – 46.4 Neil Brown of Troy. Another massive drop off over those two. Yeah. These are two guys that have been on my list. Neil Brown is my personal number three. That's what I was going to say. I, was, I love I was, Neil Brown. I was going to ask you who would you prefer between those two because I would prefer Neil Brown. I, I prefer Neil Brown. A lot of folks like what uh, Norvell's been doing. He has a history of good offenses, and he's a good recruiter out at Memphis. Um, but I, I, I've been infatuated with Neil Brown for a while now. So, But I'd be still over the moon with either of these two guys. And I think it is very, very telling. So we'll, we'll, we'll just go back and say the fourth option on the who's your favorite pick four, 22.5%, that was Jim Lovett. Massive drop off from the top three. But when you get rid of those top three coaches, the next two – Mike Norvell and Neil Brown, and then the top vote getter in the final poll. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But again, no Jim Lovett. I think that is so, so telling. Jim Lovett should not sniff the top ten. He 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 really shouldn't. Um, he shouldn't next, be a candidate in general. The next one, all five of those coaches completely taken out. Who's who? Who are your next three? So you get a vote for three again. The next one, Josh Heupel, Central Florida. 48.9. So even then, you've gotten rid of the five best names. It's Josh Heupel. So we're into our tier three. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sold on Josh Heupel for what it's worth, but he's still above there. And then Jim Lovett comes in at 40.2. The next names on there, this list, Chris Kleinman at North Dakota. And then this is massive disrespect for I my know. guy, Scotty Satterfield. 32, uh, 32 even. So he would be in my top five. And then Major Applewhite at Houston, no, not really sold on him. He's had a questionable year. Um, and then the only guy who's on my shortlist who I've been championing for a while who didn't get a lot of KSO love, Blake Anderson at uh, Arkansas State, I, I'm a massive fan of him. So w- we laid out all the results from these polls. What is your takeaway from not only the fan pulse on who they want to be the next guy, but also put some of your own bias into this? Without even putting it in my own bias, it makes me, I I don't know. I mean, the pulse, obviously, of the K-State fans, at least in the climate or the bubble that we are in, is that Jim Levitt would be a very bad candidate. And it's not hard to see that. We can make a case. I'm trying to make a case of why Jim Levitt would be a good candidate, and it's extremely hard. It's First and foremost, I do not want a 61-year-old coach to be hired. I just don't. I think K-State needs a new direction. I don't want anyone, and the only person I want to hire that's from the Snyder tree is Brent Venables. I mean, he's the only one that's worthy of that shout. And let's be real about, yes, his roots are with the Snyder program with K-State, but look at what Brent Venables has done with his career. He's coached under three first ballot Hall of Fame coaches. Um, I, I, I just don't understand why anyone would se- settle it's settling for Jim- i mean and I, i'm sorry for coming back to this and i i, I said i wasn't going to do this but i well i, I said i wasn't going to keep ranting about jim lovett but you look at every single one of these folks that we've mentioned outside of Le- uh, leech i don't i don't bind the leech every single one of those guys if we decided we we're going to make an offer that they can't refuse we have the financial means to do so we yeah. have the facilities to bring them in, and I, the fact that the fact that even twenty two percent of folks want Jim Love it it just it breaks my heart because I love K State so much, and there are so many folks that are so short sighted. It uh, it just it, no. What, it all pi- just breaks what my pisses heart. me off the most is that 
we both know that Gene Taylor has done an extraordinary amount of work behind the scenes. He's got donor support. He's reached out to top candidates. And I genuinely think that Seth Luttrell is a is probably the hottest name in college football, or he will be in the next few weeks. And he would be ours and if he we wanted is, him. He, I genuinely believe that he is interested, and the fact that we could we could get that, but probably won't. We're probably going to shoot ourselves in the foot. Is so extraordinarily frustrating, mm. and it just. I mean, if Jim Levitt is our our head coach next year, and Sean Snyder is still on staff, I probably won't go to games. I just won't. I'm not going to buy my expensive-ass season tickets anymore. That's for damn sure. It's just extremely frustrating. It's a backward step. It's it, it, At best, it's a lateral step. You keep yourself at 6-6, six and 5-7 six, and seven with a ceiling of eight games, and it's just stupid. It's so, so stupid. Let your athletic director do your job. It makes no sense. And I don't like to end on that, but... <sighs> Actually, we can end on a high because. Well, before we get into it, <laughs> remember, as always, the show is a high for me. The the show is sponsored by my bookie. Use promo code Boys twenty five to get fifty percent match on your uh, deposit up to a thousand dollars. This is usually where we talk about our weekly pick'em records. Um, so going into it, it was a super tight week. Shout out to Whitney Hartman. She. Had the best week last week. She went six and five. I went five and six and drum rolled. You went four and seven. So for everyone who is paying attention, that means that you win by one point. You I nearly 80, bottled 80. it. And honestly, if I would have freaking stuck to the picks that I bolded, I would have effing won. But I, I changed didn't. the bold too, though. I think. Yeah, well, I, I changed like three of them and they were all losers. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is, baby. It is what it is. <laughs> Congratulations to Grant. He wins the golden dog bone. You went 83 and 46 in picking winners. I went 82 and 47. And the boneheads ended up only being back by one. Just imagine Just imagine if Reggie didn't pick just for the boneheads. Just imagine if we didn't let Reggie do that. The boneheads would have won. They would have won easily, probably. They would have yeah, they would have easily won that. So Reggie's fault that the Boneheads didn't win. Uh, that's where we wrap up on the air. Um, no great questions. Uh, we put out a call for questions when this started. I will give shout-outs to Shane, who gave a good question that would have been better for Thanksgiving. Shout-out to at Sports with da- uh, Dara. She wants to be you on the You might as show. well just read Shane's because okay, we we'll, can we'll just give a shout-out to. Yeah, Shane, he, he wants to know. Who's the one person that came into your life in 2018 that you are thankful for and why? I think we both agree it's Matt Hall. I think we should both just say, yeah, it's it's the KSO people in general. I mean, I've met the Halls. I've stayed at their house in their basement. I mean, what is that about? Just the entire KSO I barely crew. knew Matt. They're, they're just great humans. Um, I barely, they, barely knew Matt, and he invited me over the first time I met him in person to hang out at his house and crash, on his, crash in his guest bedroom. I mean, that's he, as hospitable as you can be to a person. I, Derek's great. Flando's great. I met Chris Nelson. Finally, I got to sit next to Chris Nelson at the the uh, Madness for Manhattan Madness in Manhattan uh, event or whatever, and he was cracking me up. So the KSO guys are, are great. We said it earlier. You guys should go over there now. They got a great promo where you sign up for ninety nine bucks and you get a ninety nine dollar gift card for Nike apparel. That's pretty well, damn good. Well, it doesn't good. even have to be Nike. It's just anything. But why wouldn't it be Nike? Yeah, you get a $99 gift card or whatever. So yeah. basically, you're signing up completely for free. Um, the boards are hot right now. This is the, the place you want to be. Hot. Actually, you should probably stay off of the boards because you'll go insane. <laughs> I stayed off the boards for the most part today. I didn't go as crazy. So, But, hey, that's where you're going to get the best information. You know, Matt and Matt is, um, is a, a very excellent guy, and he's very well-connected, and he, he keeps people – he keeps us posted as much as possible. So Yeah, I, I can't say enough about the KSO crew. Um, it's also been fun meeting some of the boneheads. Um, we're going to keep rolling, folks. Um, we did talk about – we put a poll out for uh, yeah. the Vanderbilt game. FYI, I'm going to that game with, like, my entire family and my girlfriend. So, like, if we do that in, like, power and light, it'd probably be fine, and we could all hang out. But – that's probably where it has to be. So yeah, no, that's fine. Um, stay tuned. I don't tuned. know where else we would go. Yeah, stay tuned. We uh, we're gonna. My dad will be there too. So stay tuned. We might have a spot, uh, Power and Light. We might pick a bar in that area. Yeah. 
Um, we would love to have another get together with everyone. I, I mean, mean worst hell, we're going to be there. Yeah, worst case scenario, it'd be your family, me and my dad just hanging out. So Yeah, that'd be great. That would be awesome. So we will be there. We'll probably just put out the location. We'll start yeah. it out vaguely with we'll be in yeah. Power and Light. It'll be in the general Power and Light area. Um, just stay tuned. Hopefully, we can lock something down. Um, so uh, for the non-Twitter folks, you guys can show up. But um, stay tuned. We'll be locking something down soon. Um, we love you guys. Hope everyone had a safe Thanksgiving. Hope everyone uh, dealt with the blizzard well. I apparently didn't. I sounded very depressed. <laughs> um, guys, keep the faith. Keep the Believe faith in Gene. Gene. Believe in Gene. Pray every single day as much as possible that Gene is able to do his job. Meet me at the Cat Head. Come on, boys. Take him away. Take them away, Lord. Take away these chains from me. My heart is broken because my spirit's not free. Lord, take away these chains from me. Some birds' feathers are too bright to be caged. I know I'm not that colorful, but a bird just the same. Open up your gate now, let me put down my load so I can feel at ease and go back to my home. Take them away, take them away, Lord. Take away these chains from me. My heart is broken because my spirit's not free. Lord, take away these chains from me. Sun beating down, my legs can't seem to stand. There's a boss man at a turn roll with a rifle in his hand. I got nine children, nothing in the pan. My wife, she died hungry while I was plowing land. Take them away, take them away, Lord. Take away these chains from me. My heart is broken because my spirit's not free. Lord, take away these chains from me. Can't see when I go to work, can't see when I get off How do you expect a man not to get lost? Every year I just keep getting deeper and dead If there's a happy day, Lord, I haven't seen one yet Take him away, take him away, Lord Take away these chains from me My heart is broken cause my spirit's not free Lord, take away these chains from me Land that I love is the land that I'm working But it's hard to love it all the time when your back is a hurt Getting too old now to push this here plow Please let me lay down so I can look at the clouds Take them away, take them away, Lord Take away these chains from me My heart is broken cause my spirit's not free Lord, take away these chains from me Floodplains, freight trains, watermelon vines Of any place on God's green earth This is where I choose to die Take them away, take them away, Lord Take away these chains from me My heart is broken cause my spirit's not free Lord, take away these chains from me Podcast Network.